How are pitchers preparing for a season with an unknown start date? And why are the Cubs struggling in the athletic alternate universe? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had the three O'Brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, May 14th. Al Melker here, and I am joined today by a very special guest. We're going to be talking to Michael Beller a little bit later. But first, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of a conversation here with Alan Jager. I'm sure many of you are probably familiar with the work that Alan does. He is the founder of Jager Sports, uh, an organization that works with pitchers on arm health, conditioning, and mental training. So uh, first and foremost, Alan, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show today. Hey, Al. Yeah, you know how I feel about uh, chatting with you and connecting with you. So thank you for having me on, number one. And two, um, I'm just looking forward to having a nice, uh, enjoyable conversation with you. Well, as am I. So uh, glad that uh, you were able to, to come on the show. And um, I haven't uh, caught up with you since, of course, uh, since the pandemic and, and the shutdown and everything that has come with it. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly very interested in terms of how the work that you do and the pictures that you work with, how that has changed. But for those um, who may not be familiar, uh, it just a sort of, you know, elevator pitch, you know, short, uh, short version of it. What exactly uh, do you do at Jager Sports and who do you work with? Yeah, I'll try to keep it very brief. Um, you know, in a nutshell, um, Jager Sports was really started more from, um, the concept of the mental part of the game. Uh, that was really my first um, true push into the quote-unquote training field. Um, yes, I was a pitching coach at a junior college that uh, at the time I didn't realize that I was specializing in long toss. I just thought long toss was something everybody did. Um, you know, and then J-bands, you know, band work came along the way and we, you know, we started really getting heavy into band work. I studied yoga at the time. And so I sort of... Um, look at it like this three-prong approach where we're mental game or arm strength, arm conditioning, injury prevention. So we do a lot with throwing and arm care uh, and then yoga. And we haven't done a lot of yoga, I have to admit, over the years, but we did have camps for a while for amateurs and professionals where uh, yoga was a big piece and it was a perfect sort of um, interface between throwing and the physical and the arm care and, um, and the stretching. And then, of course, the breathing and the mental part. So I'd say in a nutshell, Al, you know, and I know we've talked uh, in the past quite a bit. Um, I think that's sort of the, um, the genesis, if you will, of Jager Sports. And um, so those are sort of the areas that we um, we love to talk about and, and work with. Uh, well, from what you're describing there, uh, it certainly sounds like a lot of that would require you to be working with athletes directly. So. I'm sure that uh, your work has changed a lot in the last couple of months. Um, what are some of the ways that's changed and, and maybe what are some of the ways it hasn't? Yeah, well, I think the big one, of course, um, is sort of the unknown, right? Like, um, I mean, we could do it. And I should really say the first thing is, is that, you know, dealing with what's happening now and, and being resourceful. And um, I haven't done a lot to be honest with you, of training or, or a lot of social media, but the stuff I have talked about is things like 
you know, being creative at this time, if you can't get out and play and compete is one example. Um, yeah, I think visualization and imagery and um, stuff like that is, is really important right now to get the juices flowing and to get some um, game type reps, which I think every, everybody is lacking. Um, so I think from the mental part, you know, I've talked also about expansion. You know, we're right, right now we're sort of in a compressed world, if you will, stay at home. Um, I think it's important to get out and expand your mind. So whether that's just a safe walk in your backyard or wh wherever you go, just think more in terms of expansion versus contraction. Because I think right now, um, you know, as human beings, we're used to being out in nature. We're used to expansion, so to speak. And I think that we're doing a lot of contraction. Uh, on the physical side, um, I have been pounding this theme over and over, which is, is I'm sure something you're going to want to delve into more, but I'll, I'll just give you a snippet of it, which is just trying to give um, pitchers specifically, because I think position players, you know, as long as they play catch three to five days a week, do some arm care, stay close, they're, they're always going to be, let's just say, three to four weeks away from getting into game shape. So I'm not really concerned about the position players as long as they do their work. Now, if they don't do their work, that's a different animal. Um, or at least the amount of work to have a foundation and a base in place. So they're close. Um, pitchers, of course, are such a different animal. Um, relief pitchers can kind of get away with a little bit more, of course, um, because they don't have to build up to 75 pitches or 90 pitches or 105 pitches. Uh, but my main theme with starting pitchers is sort of what I said about the position players, which is stay close, you know, have a base, have a good foundation, know that in case you're, first of all, no one should put you, whether it's high school, college, little league, or, or the major leagues, you know, or pro ball, no one should put you in a position ever where you have to throw 50 pitches in a game in two weeks. So let, let's just start there. So that, that to me would be um, the biggest non-start. Um, so you have to plan as a player like that's not going to happen because if that did happen, then that would be like malpractice, <laughs> you know, like a malpractice loss. Sorry, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to start getting the legal stuff because people are going to say, well, wait a minute. He said that you should see, let me scratch, let's scratch that for the record. <laughs> let's just say it's not a great idea and that you have to kind of hope that responsibility and, and um, just logic and reason is going to take over so that no one should have to, I'm not saying someone's not going to call you one day and say, Hey, can you be ready for a 20 pitch pen in three weeks? Um, if you've done your homework and you've kept a pretty good base and you've stayed close, as I've said, yes, it's, it's not that far of a reach to throw a 20 pitch pen in three weeks. I I'll say one last thing and then, then we can get maybe more of the nitty gritty of this, which is I have a very, you know, I say we at Jager sport, we have a very simple system, which is even if you start from scratch and you weren't in shape, it's going to take it with diligent work about four weeks to get into great throwing shape. It's gonna take you another two weeks to get into good bullpen shape where you're built up to let's just say 30 pitches. Well, therefore, once you're in good bullpen shape, that's six weeks now, give or take. Well, 30 pitches in a pen to me is like 15 pitches live on a mound. So if you add 15 pitches a week and you add four more weeks, which is 60 pitches, now you're kind of at 75 pitches. So now you're kind of at 10 weeks. So if you just do the math, you can always reverse engineer this with target dates of when you're supposed to be at A or B or C and work backward. But I think as an overview, Al, just to sort of um, hit your question, I just think that's the main thing obviously coming up right now is, is really kind of more the starting pitcher 
situation. And those are the ones that are, of course, the most vulnerable. And I think at least as an overview, it's a, it's a good start. All right. Well, uh, I actually want to take this in a particular direction because uh, a few episodes back, we talked about the uh, piece that was um, uh, written by Dr. Christopher Ahmad on uh, Medium about his perception that there could be more Tommy John surgeries uh, once baseball's resumed and uh, uh, you know pitchers ramp up. So, you know, I feel like you've outlined a, a, a part of a protocol here that would really work against that. But do you have that concern, you know, especially given that not every pitcher necessarily is going to be on that sort of protocol? I have mixed feelings, Al, and it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I feel like with the Internet and in a way, because people are staying at home, they're, they're actually maybe almost more educated than ever. They're almost more prepared than ever. And I don't mean necessarily physically prepared, uh, not that they aren't, but I think there's such a heightened sense of awareness of what's going on. So I do feel like in a way that athletes are, are preparing in their own way and they're not going to get shocked. Now, does this mean that there's not going to be people that are, are not doing a good job of quote unquote, having a base or staying close to where they can get to where they need to get to? without breaking down. Yeah. I mean, of course you have to figure there's the, it's the percentages of life, but I, I, I personally feel, and this is just a pulse. It's a gut feeling. I, I just feel like there's so many great trainers out there in academies, you know, the Eric Cressy's of the world. Um, I just feel like that, um, you know, I know the pro people they are having their weekly meetings uh, with their coaching staff or with players. Um, uh, colleges are having meetings. I, I, I sort of feel like it's out there. I feel like that uh, people know that they have to stay in shape right now because no one knows what the next week or month looks like. So in a weird kind of way, I'm going to almost sort of say that I'm incur- I, I feel optimistic that um, guys are going to transition. But I think that, you know, Dr. Ahmad, I think what he's trying to do, which I, I don't know if I pronounce his name correctly, but I think what he's trying to do which is smart is he's sort of putting out there like, Hey, these are the dangers. I mean, this is a concern. So I think he's reinforcing to me what people I think are have some heightened awareness about. Um, But look, the reality of it is, is that I think it's a great, I didn't read the whole thing, but I browse it. And I think it's got some great points in there um, to, to raise the level of awareness even more. Well, you know, from our perspective here, you know, this being a fantasy baseball show, uh, I was maybe ringing an alarm a little bit after reading that and saying, you know, maybe pitchers who have a a history with elbow issues or maybe even forearm issues, maybe this is something for us in our community to be concerned about. But what I hear from you is, uh, you know, basically, we don't really need to factor that in too much. So that's, you know, from my perspective, something that's very encouraging. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say one last thing, too. And I mean this sincerely. I I'm, I feel strongly about what I just said. Now I, I could be wrong, but I feel strongly that, you know, I'm I'm very active on Twitter per se, and it's just you can feel the amount of information people are sharing. All of these podcasts, these free podcasts, um, people are going out of their way to share information and and rally, if you will. So um, I'm encouraged by that. And then the other thing is, and I'm not saying I don't have any data to back this up, but you know, we can also argue that some of these arm issues that may have happened in, in March and spring training or April or May, um, because guys rush back that maybe 
did have small elbow issues or shoulder issues that they thought they can kind of fight through. Well, we may now have a plethora of guys that are using this time to heal properly. And so that's another factor that could be a positive, right? We don't know. Right. Well, yeah, I think we can certainly take a positive uh, view on that. And and I'm, Alan, I'm going to end it there on the optimistic note. Uh, I think it's a good way to, to to wrap this up. And I hope that we can continue the, the conversation, uh, hopefully on a later episode. But you did give me a great segue. You are very active on Twitter, so people should seek you out. The uh, Jager Sports account at Jager Sports, J-A-E-G-E-R Sports on Twitter, and also check out the Jager Sports website, jagersports.com. So, Alan, always great to talk to you. Thanks again for uh, taking the time to uh, talk with us here today. Yeah, and thanks for having me on. If I can just throw out one last thing about that, we have a free throwing manual that's actually got a lot of information to help people transition into the unknowns, if you will, but also to give them a kind of a basic foundational piece to arm training and throwing program stuff. So that's also, it's called a pro off season manual. They'll see it all over our Twitter and they can find it on our website as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do check that out. Well, uh, again, thank you so much, Alan, and uh, hope you stay well. Al, you stay well. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot. So uh, we are back here now with Michael Beller. Um, so you know, doing the the show in a couple of uh, bits here. Uh, so you know, Michael, belatedly, uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Um, I would like to spend the rest of this time here talking about your um, the the piece that you you recently uh, wrote and is now up on the Athletic on your alternate universe Cubs and just on the general experience uh, now that we are uh, actually a little bit more than halfway through uh, the entire simulated regular season. Uh, but at the time that you wrote your piece, and I think we've had one update since then, uh, you had said you the, the team was fourth in, in run differential, but you were below 500. As of the latest update, the Cubs, uh, your simulated Cubs are 41 and 45, 11 and a half games behind the Cardinals and several games behind the Pirates even. So um what do you see as the biggest reason for what I would assume you would think of as an underachievement? Yeah, I mean the the offense is is crushing it, and more specifically, uh, the three big bats in the in the lineup: Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant have been really great since the very beginning of the alternate universe season. It's the bullpen, and um, it's we've given up a lot of late leads. Uh, here uh, we have uh, at least at, at my last check six and eleven and one run games. Seven of those eleven losses came with a, a lead going into the eighth inning. An eighth loss came with a lead going into the seventh inning. So these are games that the team was well positioned to win uh, and then wasn't able to hold on in the late innings. And it really hasn't been much of a Craig Kimball problem. He started the year very hot, slowed down a little bit as we got into May and June, but still more or less has done his job. It's been the guys getting the ball to him. Uh, Rowan Wick, Jeremy Jeffers had a really ugly run of things, although he's been a little bit better recently. Uh, but it's been a bullpen problem. And you know, hats off to the uh, out-of-the-park team because – uh, had the season started on time, that was going to be one of the big things to watch early in the season for the Cubs was uh, how the back end of the bullpen was going to shape up. And if they could live up to its end of the bargain, it was likely to be one of the weaker points of the Cubs uh, in the 2020 season. And it definitely has hurt the team in the alternate universe, uh, probably the weakest part of the team. And if it were a little bit stronger, could be looking at you know, a team that's six, seven games over rather than four games under. 
Yeah, you know, certainly there could be a, a big swing like that. And as, as we're talking here, I'm looking at your team's uh, pitching stats. Uh, I see that Jason Kipnis pitched an inning. Um, <laughs> so that mirrors some reality of getting uh, occasional innings for uh, position players. But, you know, Wick, I mean, the peripherals really aren't bad and aren't anything you wouldn't necessarily expect. 9.6 uh, strikeouts per nine, 3.7 walks, 1.1 home runs per nine, which, you know, in, in the, the the context uh, of, of baseball right now is actually pretty good. But um, a 363 BABIP. So uh, that all adds up to an ERA over six, even though the you know those base peripherals are, are just perfectly fine. Um, now, you read, or I'm sorry, I, I read in your write-up uh, of your team that you were going to hit the market and look for some bullpen reinforcements. Do you think that you can just count on Wick to, you know, perform better, uh, perform to the level that was more like what he did last season, given given what these peripheral stats are? I would like to believe that, but uh, yeah, I've really noticed, Al, that uh, across this entire alternate universe offense is way 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 up i mean if you look at the if you look at the plus and minus stats if you look at ops plus and era minus <clears throat> excuse me you need to have a really good ops to be registering uh, a big ops plus number and a really bad era to be uh, registering an, an ugly era minus number so uh, i i don't have a ton of confidence in uh, the pitching turning around in general just because of the fact that it seems like it is a extremely offensive driven league so i think we're gonna have to throw bodies at this problem more than anything uh Get, keep guys' arms as fresh as possible. That's why I've tinkered with the idea of moving Albert Alzole into the back end of the bullpen because of what his big arm can do back there. Now, that's going to be hard to do because he's been pretty effective as a starter. And with Jose Quintana shipped off to your Houston Astros for Michael Brantley, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, it's so hard to keep track. It's probably like four days ago in real life, but like three weeks ago in the simulation. Um, uh, not going to have a ton of arms to choose from in the rotation. So uh, John Lester is due back from rehab assignment after this most recent simulation so probably going to keep Alzale in the uh, rotation and move Alec Mills back into the bullpen but I still think uh, even if Rowan Wick gets back to the pitcher he was in real life last year and gets back to what some of the peripherals suggest he should be doing so far in our alternate universe feels like a bullpen that needs another arm maybe even two more arms if we are going to chase down a playoff spot over the next what we got like three months left in the simulation uh, I think a little less than that, actually. But yeah, yeah. Right. we're in like the um, first, or we're, we're, we're like we're right at like the All Star break, right? Right. So yeah, so yeah, just about close to three months. Uh, I feel like you're getting a raw deal with the starting pitching too. Uh, I mean, there's certainly nothing wrong with you, Darvish, putting up a 3.57 ERA. But again, if you go down to the peripherals, uh, it, the game is doing what you would expect it to do, which is it's splitting the difference between the Darvish we saw in the second half last year, you know, a Cy Young quality you Darvish, and then, you know, something much less than that that we've seen, you know, for much of, of the rest of his Cubs career. But do you think that, um, you know, in a way that this the simulation, you, you could sort of frame it as a, a positive for the Cubs, that the simulation's doing what it's supposed to do, but there's really an upside in terms of some individual performances. Darvish would be one. I'd say Kyle Hendricks would be another, uh, where actually maybe the, you know, the Cubs could be a contender again. Yeah, I think so. Um, I do think there's an upside to those guys. We know what the what the U Darvish upside is. I would say less uh, less so for Hendricks, just because 
he's such a consistent guy and, and consistency not meant to be used as a pejorative here, but uh, it comes off that way in that we know exactly what Kyle Hendricks is going to be, right? I mean, the uh, top three Cy Young Kyle Hendricks, uh, that guy uh, was probably only a one-season guy, and that's no knock on Kyle Hendricks because what he has been for the Cubs even since that year has been very productive, very reliable, a mid-rotation starter who has flashes of being a top-rotation guy and very rarely gets knocked around to the point that you, know, you lose a game because of his performance. So you like having a guy like that. I still personally believe very strongly in the second half of 2019, uh, U Darvish. I think that a lot of things clicked for him, uh, got over some uh, pitch tipping issues, got over the uh, mental hurdle of what the Astros did to him uh, when he had his uh, run with the Dodgers, um, got uh, pitch usage changes that were meaningful and was able to reduce his walks in a way that suggested that uh, it, it was the change in his pitch mix that really did it. And if he takes that forward into whenever we're watching real baseball again, then I think we're going to see the better version of you, Darvish, more often than not. You and I have talked about him quite a bit on this show. He was one of my favorite pitching targets going into this season. And if and when the 2020 season picks up again and I'll have a draft and auction to, uh, to wrap up, he will be a, a favorite target of mine still. Yeah, uh, and same here as well. So we're, we're giving short shrift to the offense because it's it's performed well. It's doing what uh, it's supposed overall. to do for the most part. Yeah, that's right. So not that much of a story there. But I do have to ask you one final question, which is what does Nico Horner have to do to actually become your primary second baseman? Because he's doing really well in the sim. Yeah, he's he's done it, Al. Um, yeah, I, I will be making that change uh, today. I've slowly but surely given him more playing time and more playing time. Started the season in a straight platoon with uh, Kipnis getting the starts at second base uh, against right-handed pitching and then splitting the difference between Nico Horner and David Bodie against left-handed pitching. Uh, the thought process there was that hopefully this platoon can work out and we can have you know Kipnis against righties and then one of these righties against lefties. And I sort of let them you know, uh, go... Uh, you know Darwinian on one another and see who can who can win the uh, the battle for survival. It has been Horner, but at the same time, Jason Kipnis has performed really poorly after a strong April. So we're forgetting about the platoon. It's going to be all Nico Horner all the time at second base, and uh, we'll see if that can strengthen a strength. At this point, I don't have a ton of confidence in the pitching coming around to what we would hope for it to be. So this is going to be a team that's going to have to win entirely or mostly with the bats. So we're going to try to strengthen a strength. That's what we did with the trade for. Michael Brantley, get Nico Horner in there every single day. Maybe that'll make this offense so overwhelming that it can force its way back into playoff contention. All right. Well, you just need to stay tuned and check up on uh, Michael's Cubs with his uh, weekly updates in The Athletic, the latest one, which uh, he's entitled, What Would Bill James Think About Our Alternate Universe Cubs? Uh, check out Michael's piece there. And uh, that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of a subscription. Just go to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15 or you can uh, get uh, everything that's in The Athletic by way of a 90-day free trial. And either way, everything that's in The Athletic is a part of your subscription. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you took the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be back here on Friday. 